0: you're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. One of the first steps of hope for people in such wilderness places is to understand that their situation reflects social and political forces, not the divine will. This is Herb Montgomery with Renewed Heart Ministries, and I want to welcome you to episode 287 of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee might have to offer us today in our work of love, compassion, action, and justice. Our feature text this week is Mark 1 4, and so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. and our Our title is Change from the Edges. Now, Syracuse University's Counseling Center, it defines marginalization as the process of pushing a particular group or groups of people to the edge of society by not allowing them an active voice, identity, or place in it. Some individuals identify with multiple marginalized groups and may experience further marginalization as a result of their intersecting identities. This week, uh, I ask with the Synoptic Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, what they have to say to those who live uh, disenfranchised, disadvantaged, marginalized, and underprivileged uh, in our society. And Mark's storytelling about Jesus, it begins very early uh, uh, with a uh, with the character of of John the Baptist, he's the first one that that emerges in the story. And within the Jewish society, there Jew, John the Baptist emerges as a a Hebrew prophet in the wilderness, and he's calling for social change. Uh, the, the much later Gospel of Luke it emphasizes again this wilderness location a, a little further by explaining that John's father was actually a priest. You can find this in Luke one. 5 and Luke 1, 8 through 10. John's lineage is as the son of a priest, that would have allowed him to be a priest in the temple like his father. So it's telling that in the story that we don't see Jesus as a priest, but instead we see a John who who is not a priest, but a prophet, uh, like Isaiah's voice uh, um, crying out in the the wilderness. And the wilderness represents a, a marginal location in the Jesus stories. The, it's the edges of, of the Jewish society. And in it in, in, in contrasts with the social location of, of Jerusalem or, or the temple state and, and the elite who held positions of power and, and privilege in the Jewish society. And this, again, remember, is a Jewish story and is a story of, of Jewish voices in conflict with each other, it's the story of, of social tensions between those at the center of their society and and those on the margins. And it's also it's also a very human story. It's not uniquely Jewish. Every society includes a tension between those who are marginalized and those at the top and the center of their social structure. And and when the status quo, when that depends on marginalizing a particular group or groups of people, Jesus's time in the wilderness—it reflects the the power dynamics that we find uh, in, in that society. Let, let me explain. After Jesus interacts with John in the wilderness, Mark's gospel tells us that Jesus went straight away into the wilderness himself. In Mark 1.12, it says at once. The spirit sent him out into the wilderness. Now, some Christian preachers, they use this passage to parallel Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness with the the Hebrew people's 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. They they compare these two. And 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 Mark doesn't explain how long Jesus spent there, but this parallel, it's often used to teach supersessionism. And if you're unfamiliar with that term, I'll put a link. To its definition in this week's e But I don't read this story detail this way. I believe Jesus is making a social choice here. He like John is choosing the wilderness as the starting point as his own starting point and and from the marginalized region of Galilee Jesus enters the wilderness of Judea after John possibly to get in touch with even his own Jewish roots he he, he his people their origins uh, their origin stories were of enslavement oppression liberation and 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 then the brutal colonization of others And Jesus attempts to ground himself in his own story as a Jew within their their wilderness origin story itself and, and to figure out possibly how they got to where they are today. So both Jesus and John, in this story, they emerge from a place Wilderness. uh, Chad Myers reminds us about the truth that's that's in within this story detail for for those who today find themselves also in wilderness locations. This is from Ched's book, Say to This Mountain, Mark's Story of Discipleship, page 12. One of the first steps of hope for people in such wilderness places is to understand that their situation reflects social and political forces, not the divine will. While the margin has a primarily negative political connotation as a place of disenfranchisement, Mark ascribes to it a primarily positive theological value. It, the wilderness, it is the place where the sovereignty of God is made manifest, where the story of liberation is renewed, and where God's intervention in history occurs. Now, Mark goes on to explain that, that when John is arrested, Jesus comes out of this wilderness location, and he does not straight away begin preaching in the more centrally located Jerusalem or even Judea instead he enters the, the the marginalized or the marginal region of Galilee and this is mark 1 14 through 15 after John was put in prison Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God the time has come he said the kingdom of God has come near repent and believe the good news so if Judea is a, a marginal region within the Larger Roman Empire, Galilee is an even further marginal region on the edges of, of Jewish society in Jesus's day. It was the Galilee was the buffer region between the the Jewish population and the largely non-Jewish population beyond Galilee, and in Mark. Jesus begins his work here among those who have been marginalized within his own society. And consider his teachings as well. Whom does he speak in soli- Whom does Jesus speak in solidarity with in his teachings? Consider Matthew five through through fourteen. Blessed are the the poor or the broken in spirit. Blessed are those who who mourn. Who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for for righteousness or a distributive justice. Uh, blessed are the merciful instead of the ruthless. Blessed are the the pure in heart, the the, the peacemakers. Uh, blessed are the, are those who are persecuted, who are insulted, and and blessed are you when people persecute you, when they when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And we find that in Matthew five, uh, verses three through through fourteen. In this teaching. Jesus is in solidarity with those who have been pushed to the edges and the undersides of his society and are truly trying to to survive there. And notice, too, those two final statements that are in there in Matthew 5. Jesus states that those on the margins of society, they're the salt of the earth. They're the the light of the world. This was was centuries before refrigeration or or the harnessing, harnessing, of of electricity, and in this context, salt... Preserved food. And now, I want to also offer a word of caution about the imagery of light, especially for our context today. Renewed Heart Ministries' book of the month for May is is Midrash: A Reintroduction to the Woman of Torah, Women of Torah, and the Throne" by Reverend Dr. Will Gaffney. And and a statement that was circulating on the internet this past Easter, um, which was attributed to to uh, Will Gaffney, but I, I still cannot, for the life of me. Find where she actually said this, but it does sound like her. We we uh, uh, we read, we can celebrate the light of Easter without demonizing darkness and reinscribing a white supremacist dialect on Christ and on the resurrection. My blackness is radiant, luminous, and will not and does not need to be made white as snow. The blood of Jesus will not make me white. We must learn to talk about brokenness in the world without our reducing evil to darkness and goodness to light. Blackness is God's good gift. And if you'd like to to follow Gaffney or get more from her, um, you can go to willgaffney.com. W-I-L-G-A-F, sorry, N-E-Y.com. And I agree, we can celebrate light without having to demonize. Darkness. So today, uh, we understand that that life requires both light and darkness. What's important is is balance. Too much light can be just as as death dealing as as some as too much darkness can be as well. And life giving equity is dependent on that balance once again. And rather than one uh, or the other, and I I can understand the original use of this language. Given its context and its time in history, but I can also understand that that uh, uh, that that use is no longer appropriate uh, today. And in the Jesus stories, both images—this light uh, being the light, the marginalized people being the light of the world, and the marginalized people being the salt of the earth—they uh, they, they point to the be, to to uh, specifically to the marginalized people of Jesus's society. And that's, and that's Meyer's point. That's the same point Myers is making above. In the Jesus stories, it's the edges of society that hold primarily positive theological value. It's the place again, where the sovereignty of God is made manifest and where the story of liberation is renewed, where God's intervention in history occurs. R- remember, change happens from the outside in, from the bottom up, from grassroots movements, and it's the the voices who are are sharing their experiences, specifically the experiences of surviving on the edges of society, that tell us whether the status quo is just or unjust, whether it's life giving or whether it's lethal. We can choose to listen to these voices, or we can choose not to. We can choose the way of life, or we can not. And we can choose those things. I believe. That preserves society like salt, or that which causes society to to self destruct and those who are in power and in places of privilege they just by their mere location in society they have very little insight into how systems enfranchise some and disenfranchise others and at best they continually risk underestimating the damage that's done to those who don't share their their social location change or renewal or intervention salvation it often emerges from the edges from the wilderness locations. And this is one of the, the first truths that we bump into in the Jesus story. So today, in our world, a person can be marginalized on the basis of gender, uh, race, ethnicity. They can be marginalized on the basis of religion, education, sexual orientation, gender identity and expression, ability, and, and more. And many marginalized people face exclusion for multiple intersecting traits too in whatever area of your life that this week you're facing marginalization. Wherever it is that you face marginalization, contrary to the narratives of those at the top of or the center of society, the Jesus story tells us that God is with those on the margins. He's with those on the edges, those that are working in in wilderness locations, in the wilderness. And we are working with God when we are working alongside and in solidarity with them a special request this week If you've been blessed by our work here at Renewed Heart Ministries, I want to ask you to please support our work. Uh, Everything has a cycle, and ministries have cycles too. And This is a a time of year, each year annually, where we keenly feel the need for and and we deeply appreciate your support. To support our work, you can click on the Donate page on our website at RenewedHeartMinistries.com or you can mail your gift to Renewed Heart Ministries, P.O. Box, 1211, Lewisburg, West Virginia, Two four nine zero one. You can make it a, a, a one-time gift, or I want to ask you to consider being also becoming a, a monthly sustainer by selecting the option to make your gift reoccurring. All amounts help, uh, regardless of the size. And I want to thank you in advance for for your support of our work. We we simply could not exist nor continue our important work without you. Earlier this month, after a, a presentation that I had just given, one of those in the audience. Uh, They approached me and and said, thank you. If we had more messages like this, my church would be a a different place. And with everything that's going on, uh, both within Christianity right now and even within our larger society, I believe that another kind of Christianity is possible, and I believe another world is possible as well. Thanks for checking in with us this week. Wherever you are today, choose to keep living in love. Uh, Choose compassion. Choose to take action and and seek justice till the only world again that remains is a world where only love reigns. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. (music)